As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Straw Hut Media. You know her from Shaws of Sunset. You know she doesn't hold back. I grew up in an environment that as a woman, I was told be a man. Be powerful like a man. If a man can do it, you can. This is Genuinely Gigi. Everybody, please welcome Stefanos Sifandos to welcome, uh, to Genuinely Gigi, to welcome Gigi. To Genuinely Gigi, welcome Stefanos. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited. to have. Where are you located right now? Austin, Texas. I live in Austin. Austin, Texas. That's nice. Have you always lived there in Austin? No, we were in California. My wife's American, so we were in California, Southern California first, and then uh, North County, San Diego, and then we, we moved here. She has family here, and, and I just got a hit to to be here a couple of years ago in to the end of 2019, and it just felt like the right move. So it has been. It's been great for us to be here, and I miss the ocean. I'm an ocean baby. Are you? Me too. I, I'm a coastal mm. baby. I grew up in yeah. Playa del Rey and Palos Verdes. I lived in Playa del Rey for a few years and then my parents moved to Palos Verdes uh, and they still have a house out there. So I'm definitely a beach baby, but I've been living in the valley, which I swore mm. on my whole life. I would never, <laughs> you know, be in the valley. Here I am in the valley and obsessed with the valley. It just goes to show never set limits on yourself, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, I would like to let everybody know, um, Stefanos is a, you are a relationship coach, correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm not, amidst many other things, you are, but yes. yes. Many, uh, yeah. many other things. Your website is amazing. Uh, makes me want to pick your brain even more. Anytime I see an intellectual, I get very, very, very interested to pick their brain. So I'm really excited to have you here and hopefully answer some questions that myself and a lot of people out there um, come across. You know, I I love your Instagram page. You guys have to follow him. His, your Instagram is amazing. Thank you. It is so relatable. Um it's not cheesy because people think relationship coach, oh, wah, wah, wah. He's probably always talking about love and falling in love. And and it's just not like that because everyone knows me. I'm really, I can't stand that type of approach. I love your genuinity and your honesty that 
it's sometimes the woman is fucking up and sometimes it's the man who fucks up. You know, it's just about your <laughs> level of honesty and understanding of situations. So I would love if I can start off by asking you a question about my life personally. And I would love to see what your approach would be on hearing uh, a short story. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Um, in November, which is like a month from now, I'll be 41 years old. So just keep age and times and whatnot in mind. Um, I was born and raised in LA and I grew up with very progressive parents, um, from Iran. They came here way before the revolution, but obviously, you know, dealt with the revolution, just very progressive parents. Um, my parents did not want me to affiliate my life around just Persian people as my culture is. They wanted me to expand my mind and allow myself to be a part of anything. My life sort of drifted on this way, but with a very progressive mother in the 80s was feminism. Feminism was a huge, huge movement in the 80s. And I remember being little and being sort of embarrassed because I thought my mother was a lesbian and I thought maybe my dad just doesn't realize this or maybe this is the agreement. You know, I was I didn't know. Um, my mother was always saying to me, don't rely on a man to do anything for you. You can do it. If a guy can do it, you can. You don't need a husband. Why do you need a husband to take care of you? No, you take care of yourself. Very early on, this was my mentality. She was married to your father, though, at this time. My father was very ego alpha, and my mother was very ego alpha. So I grew up in a very hostile um, alpha mm. environment, and I was mm. a tomboy. I hated wearing dresses. I didn't have Barbie dolls. Um, I remember one mm. time someone got me one for my birthday on accident. My sister and I chopped its head off and flushed it in the toilet, mm. you know, um, and then dating came around and I believed I had to be this alpha, right? Because that's what mommy told me and, and, and that's what daddy portrays. So I began emasculating every man I was in a relationship with, every single mm -hmm. man because of my ego and partially because of my conditioning, right? I grew up in mm -hmm. an environment that as a woman, I was told be a man, be powerful like a man. If a man can do it, you can. That was my mentality. Here I am today, almost 41 years old. I can't say I've ever been in love. Do you yearn to feel that love that you speak of? I wouldn't know. I think if I had touched it before to know what it feels like, I would yearn for it. I look at movies and hear stories and I think, is that real? Like, or am I ever going to feel something like that? Or is this just all written and everyone in reality is chasing a movie concept? Mm. So I have no sense of romance in my mind. I have, have now chosen at the age of 41, I chose a sperm donor to have a baby because mm. I can't imagine being attached to a man. Um, and now I am choosing the route of polyamory because I realized the honesty with myself was I cannot be stuck to one man and be the responsibility of one man. I have um, developed into this, I would say. Now, what would be your outlook on hearing this little short snippet of 41 years of my life with men? Um, would you say I've reached polyamory due to 
my alpha ego past and being conditioned? Or do you think I have evolved and realized maybe my issue was I was trying to conform into a society that was like a Hollywood movie that I'm supposed to fall in love and find the one and, you know, white picket fence and that whole fairy tale? Well, the observation that I would make is that the opposite of polyamory or non-monogamy isn't necessarily monogamy, but you haven't necessarily given yourself a chance to surrender fully to being in an intimate union because I think what I observe and what you've seen in your own life growing up is a broken or broken examples of a marriage or a union or an intimate relationship. There you've got your mother saying, don't be with a man, you do it all yourself, whatever men can do, you can do, yet she remains with your father. That's very confusing for a child, number one. Then you've got two parents that are fighting for control and pole position in a relationship, not really meeting each other's needs, not hearing each other, being insensitive to each other, and then you growing up with that, and having very strong, strong voices. And so when you've entered relationship, you've either entered relationship pursuing what's familiar, so very similar dynamics that reinforce the belief that, well, I'm probably going to be on my, by myself or I can't really find a man that's going to be able to meet me where I'm at. Or you've attracted relationships where you've dominated those relationships, which haven't been fulfilling for you. So to say that you've arrived at polyamory because um, that's a natural progression for you, I would say that's not the case. There's nothing wrong with polyamory. There's nothing wrong or right with monogamy or non-monogamy or any relationship container that you desire to be in or anyone desires to be in. What is either healthy or unhealthy or suitable or unsuitable is how we arrive at that container. And so to be very direct with you, how I think you've arrived at that container is that there's been parts of you and parts of your nervous system that are too scared to surrender to what love could be. And it, let me tell you what love isn't. Love is not the Disney fairy tale white picket fence version. That Correct. is not love per se. That is an idealistic <sighs> Example and for look for some maybe that's what it is right but it's an idealistic example that is often out of reach because what it presupposes is that there is no history in the individual there is no wounding in the individual there is no trauma in the individual there is perfection in the individuals that are coming together and it shows just one shade or aspect or expression of the dynamic of the relationship and it confuses us because we think that's how it should be all the time so the moment a relationship breaks down or there's conflict or there's an argument or there's difficulty. We just go, well, this is not for me. Um, and we don't have the tools to actually deal with conflict because, again, you would have just witnessed your parents and there would have been part of you saying, fuck this. I don't want to have, have this relationship that my parents have. Right. And mum's always saying A, B, and C, so I'm just going to go do that. And so, you know, you have needs, you have physical needs, sexual needs, and so you're potentially meeting them through polyamory, but you've got to ask yourself, where's that coming from? Is it to keep men at an emotional distance because you don't trust men or you're not sure that you, or you want more control or you just don't believe in the possibility of intimate union, of uh, a vulnerable exchange or a series of vulnerable exchanges that lead to surrender and receiving and you being different and you opening your heart in such a way where you can love? Because I would say that for you to do that, you would need to feel really, really safe in your body. And polyamory or non-monogamy or um, multiple sexual partners, there's at times a delusion of intimacy because there's a lack of depth. Now, again, if the come from is from a really open, sincere place, you can have depth with multiple people. 
Absolutely you can. You've got to determine where it's really coming from. Like again, if I was going to give an observation, I would say you haven't given yourself permission or allowance to explore that. And if you have, the moment that it's got gotten a little too difficult or it's gotten uncomfortable or it's reminded you of something very unpleasant from growing up, you've just pushed it away and you haven't been able to go over the hump and work through that, right? Does that, I mean, does that resonate for you or is that, am I completely off? Um, it, it, it does resonate, does that resonate with me as far as something that was is existent for me? Um, mm. I do believe I got myself through a lot of hurdles through relationships from being in two very long relationships that were about three and a half, four years each and to going to only dating a guy for three, four months. And as soon as I heard him say, I love you, I ran, you know, and, and I learned. So what does that tell you about yourself? Well, well, that's the thing because I, I do Mm. a lot of self-healing. I believe in self-healing at, at every moment of your life. I'm a very logical person, maybe too logical. It gets the best of me. So my issue is I wouldn't I wouldn't call it an issue. Let me take that back. My mm. reservation comes with my concept of human adaptation. Human adaptation, we have the ability as humans to readapt so fast. And we see mm. that with um if since we're speaking of love, we see that with love, lust, heartbreak, right? You see how fast people are capable of actually getting over something. Mm, I'll, pa- I'll pause you there for a moment. Pause you there yes. for a moment. Yes, and. And most people don't get over or they don't move through. They don't learn the lessons. They don't actually heal. And healing is an illogical. There's, there's an aspect of narrative, cognition, logic that comes with healing, but it's a very small part. The rest is really done through the nervous system somatic, somatically. But when it comes to getting over, most people suppress and repress. They don't actually heal that experience. They don't actually grieve that experience because it's too intense. And they stuff down emotions and think that they're over it or think that they've moved through it, but they have not. And that's true for the majority of us. I agree with that. I agree with that. And mm. I agree that that is um, the majority of us. I believe that was me at one point in my life mm. um, where I was severely hurt in relationships or within the mm. home or whatnot, and it was suppressed and later came out it as an explosion somewhere else, which led me into a very long journey, never-ending journey mm. of self-discovery. For me, I believe I've I've reached a point in my life with my logic that I can somehow control it and I can now somehow attach emotions to it and understand what it is, why this is making me sad. And I love to give myself about a week to two weeks of isolation sometimes, uh, whatever I need mm. to do, if I need to be off in nature, if I need to leave um, the country and just be wherever I feel my soul is taking me in that moment. And I reflect, I reflect, mm. I take myself through it. I cry, I mourn, I laugh, I giggle. Uh, you know what I mean? And then mm. I talk myself through it. I am very self-aware which bothers me oftentimes when I see most of my friends, my girlfriends, that they have a hard time accessing this part of themselves because sometimes emotions are so busy taking over that they can't Mm. see the logic of what they're going through and understanding it. Um, For me, it is. It's easier for me to sort of just move on and get past. My polyamory journey is completely 
um, separate from sexuality and needs of sexuality. I'm not a very sexual person. And that's probably why another reason why I chose polyamory. Um, I was, I, it was becoming very difficult for me to have a man rely on me for his sexual needs and desires. Mm. And when you're in a relationship, and you're not giving that to someone, right? That the, the the rumor is that they go out and cheat, right? Or if you're with a good guy, he just leaves you and says this relationship is no longer fulfilling me completely. Mm-hmm. So I sort of put that rule up, and now you posted something again on your Instagram. I love your Instagram. You said there's four <laughs> types of people in relationships. The four types of people when you're dating, the trickster. This person is the manipulator. This person is going to pretend they're someone, but they are not. Number two, the showboater. They are arrogant, not confident. They care more about how they look and the things that they do than you and the relationship. Number three, the straight shooter. This person's direct with you. They are honest. They know who they are. They're aware, they're self-aware, and they care about your feelings. And number four, the confused. They don't know what the fuck they want. They are super confused. They think they want to date. They don't. They want to be in a relationship. They don't. Um, I felt I, I identified with two of the types. I felt like I identified mm. with the trickster as mm, well yeah. as the one who knows exactly what they want. Yes. So I'm trying yeah. to find some balance between them because they sound completely opposite from each other. And I'm like, wait, why am I identifying with both? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a great point. So, so two things that come to me that, that I would like to share very, very upfront. So the first is our journeys are our own and how we arrive at the decisions we arrive, yes, can sometimes be improved and other times they're just our journeys. And so no one has the right to tell us, oh, you should be doing this or you could be doing that. And and here's the thing, like we can look at some of the 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 reasons and the patterns that you've developed um, as a child moving into adolescence, through adolescence and into adulthood that have you arriving at the decisions you've made today. You know, for example, I don't hear that it's difficult for you to access emotions. I hear that you're very deliberate in the way that you access your emotional body. Um, and I think you've learned that over time and probably, and I don't know if there was a lot of emotion in your family dynamic. Maybe there was. No, no, there's none. Very stressed emotionally, my family. I'm, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the emotional one of the family and for some reason that yeah. makes me the bad one. So, <laughs> Because emotions can be seen as a threat. They can be seen as volatile um, you mentioned the word control and we can come back to that. I'm, I'm curious where control plays a role in your life, but we can come back to that. But the, the other thing that I, that I wanted to say was that, you know, the reality is that when we come to choosing to be in a, in a, in a kind of relationship container that suits us often, you know, what we're doing is experimenting. We're trying things on, yes. you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And you knowing yourself, you knowing that um, being a physically sexual being is not something that is a, is a priority or a focus on for you and knowing that that can be for others and then choosing this polyamorous relationship container route so that those individuals can have an outlet or be satisfied or experience that with others, but you can experience maybe the emotional intimacy or companionship or whatever it is, right? Um, That's a mature way to look at relationships. So there's, again, I want to be really clear, there's no right or wrong here. What's really important for us is that we just 
I mean, examine the right, you know, feel into, examine, sit with what's our come from. So is our come from from a place of compensation or shadow or pain or fear and we're in avoidance of something or is our come from from genuine curiosity? Because when we're curious, we're opening our body posture and our nervous systems. We're not coming from trapped trauma. We're not coming from a retracted, fearful state. And you can check in with your body. Like you can check in, like, am I tense and nervous? Am I, am I feeling pressure in my chest? Am I, am I feeling anxious and restless? Because if that's the energy that your choices are coming from, chances are it's coming from a repressed or suppressed place that isn't really authentic to who you're actually wanting to be. Correct. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, Everyone says to me with polyamory, oh, you know, they make a face. Oh, you don't worry. You'll find the right one and you'll see this is all just a joke. And I get so upset. I want to, you know, I want to scream at them because I said, well, what the fuck is the right one? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And when I say you, I'm not just speaking to you, Gigi. I'm, too, I'm speaking Absolutely. to all of us. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. I, I agree. It's uh, suppression breeds resentment. Um, mm. It's it's very inevitable. A lot of the times, I think, and we see in relationships when people are either gay and um, suppressing that, you know, the relationships turn violent sometimes. Um, when people are just uh, emotionally unstable in relationships, I see so many relationships, uh, marriages, whatnot, end in divorce. And mm. I've always just had this notion, I don't believe in marriage because we are human. Again, I go back to my my logic, which I hate. We're humans and we are learning to readapt ourselves. And it's impossible for two people to stay completely in sync in their journey of healing and growing and experiencing and remaining constant for each other. That's what my logic for some reason tells me. And the other part of me says, but no, that that can't be true because I have family and I have best friends that have been in my life for 35 years and they've remained constant. We just yeah. understand boundaries and the dynamic of these relationships, mm. which I don't think society easily allows us to place these extra labels on, you know, intimate relationships because then there's something wrong with you. Everyone says to me with polyamory, oh, um, you know, they make a face. Oh, you don't worry. You'll find the right one and you'll see this is all just a joke. And I get so <laughs> upset. I want to, you know, I want to scream at them because I said, well, what the fuck is the right one? 
What does that mean? Mm. Can you tell us what is this? What is this concept? The one. <laughs> I love the way you ask the question. Mind you, can I tell you, my producers, right? You just came back from his honeymoon. <laughs> And we're having this conversation. I love you, Ryan. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh, my God. So, you know, going deep with one person. So there's some uh, – let me answer it in a, in a couple of different ways. As opposed to direct, let me answer it in a symbolic way to just to tap into different areas of our thinking and mind and being. So there is something that comes with knowing that you are committed to each other in a very particular way. Because it doesn't leave room for the convenient escape. Now, I'm just going to caveat something for a moment. I'm not knocking non-monogamy. I am an advocate of multiple different types of relationship containers, including non-monogamous ones. I really, I really truly am. Depends on the individuals and so many other factors that feed into that. I told you earlier, I shared with you earlier, what I'm more a proponent of is what's the come from? Get fucking real with your come from. Don't bullshit yourself. Right. Pause that. Let me come back. There's something deep. There's something profound that happens when, or there's a depth that occurs that excavates parts of self that come through when there is a commitment to be with that person. So in previous relationships for me, when I was in monogamous relationships, they weren't monogamous for me because I was cheating. Yeah. Now, I was cheating, meaning that I was going beyond the boundaries and the agreements that we had in the relationships. So I had convenient escape routes. Mm -hmm. When the pain in the relationship got too much, instead of dealing with it in mature, healthy ways, I would find pleasure escape routes. Greater the pain, the greater the pleasure. Now, our, our intimate, you said something earlier about friends and family that are constants in my life. Right. So you know that, you know, cons constant in an in intimate relationship, it, it can be possible. Right. The, the the pain point or the difficulty is that intimate romantic partnerships often mimic at some level, consciously and unconsciously, what we did and did not receive from our primary caregiver relationships. Well, I'm fucked. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> I'm fucked. <laughs> I hear I hear you. You're not, but I hear I hear what you're saying and I appreciate your your surrender to that. And so it can be convenient sometimes. I'm, I'm not saying this is the case for you. I'm just saying this is the case for and, and again, this is for monogamy as well. We can hide in monogamy. There's equal don't don't think I'm this massive proponent of monogamy. I, I do have a um I lean into that because I I I've tasted the value in so many different ways of being in different containers and being in that container of monogamy and working and, and being committed to myself and my own integrity and then being committed to to unpacking that and what has come from that, the the freedom. There's great freedom in that commitment. Great freedom. Side note, though, we can come back to that as okay. well. So, so when we're when we're coming from this place of our intimate relationships really being representative of these core initial big relationships, these deified relationships that we have as children that require expansion and healing and redo, that require redo, but it's unconscious for us. We don't know that it's a redo. So we bring and attract these people into our lives that at some level are similar and different, but um, also give us what we did not get, which can be confronting because it's unfamiliar, but also then give us what is very familiar, which can be hurtful because it's traumatic, like violence, for example. We attract violent partners and we experience violence growing up. And we don't know that the reality is it's our nervous systems and our inner child's the different parts of us that are attempting to have a redo and to be differently with that so we can close the internal neurological trauma loop and, and move on be beyond it. Like actually 
reset and and reestablish new patterns uh, again neurological and behavioral and emotional and relational ways of being we don't know that so what do we do we just leave or we fuck around we cheat we we go on big adventures we you know we work more we take drugs we inject heroin whatever it is that distracts us from the pain and then we blame the relationship and we blame the person we say well he's not for me or she's not for me they've done this and if they only did that better then it would be but we're the common denominators and so if we accept that reality that possible reality around the the, the parent the parent situation and the 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 pedestalization of our parents and the deification of our parents and how we unconsciously project that into our partnerships and they're all opportunities to heal and change then if we stay long enough in healthy ways with awareness we both have to have awareness and we move through that stuff and we change our patterns that no longer serve us that we don't want they're actually uncomfortable when we get real with it then we can say oh you know what at the end of it, if that person's still not for us, great, move on. But there's something to be said for going deep with one person. Now, there's also something to be said with um, managing multiple partners at the same time. And managing is maybe not the right word, but or being with, but maybe managing is the right word. But then that communication that takes place and a level of honesty that arises from one's depth and courage that comes from that and, and speaking your voice and the, the ability to set healthy boundaries with multiple people and multiple persons. So there's, there's value in all of it. You've got to choose what's right for you, but I've got to ask you, we've got to ask ourselves, what's, where's the come from? Because if we have a belief system that, man, I just don't want to have the relationship that my parents have and that every quote-unquote monogamous relationship is going to be like that, and that's not true. That isn't true. That is actually definitely not true. Then, But if we believe that to be true, we will avoid that like the plague and we will make up every – we're very good at justifying. Human beings are very good at justifying every – well, you know, I killed that person because – Blah blah and blah. There's always what, a yeah, yeah. there's always a but. Always. Thanks to Kim always. Kardashian, we all always have butts. Uh, to everything, right? <laughs> I like that. You um, I feel as though conditioning and um, whether you are making up for what was there or not there, or whether you are trying to do the exact opposite of what you had are, I think, classic responses in relationships before there's some sort of self-awareness and uh, boundaries set forward. But going back to asking if I were the trickster or the one that was honest mm. from upfront, I have a hard time because I am honest from upfront. You also talked about mm. Leading into, I'm going to piggyback onto this. You wrote, you talked about being friends with your exes. You um, did a story on your Instagram. You guys, I'm going to mention his Instagram every other second. You mentioned a story in it about being friends with your exes. And this is something I've had a major issue with every new guy in my life because I would say 99% of my exes are like my best friends. Like, I, I, don't know what it is. I think when you are able to be so open and vulnerable with someone, I find it mm. hard to imagine never mm. talking to them again. Uh, yeah. Unless they, you know, there were some real, real damage that has been done between sure. the two. I So for me, I'm, you know, friends with it. And I'm very open from the beginning to my current uh, partner. I will say, you know, I have a very close relationship with all of my exes. Um, I'm also recently going in towards the route of polyamory. They ask about the polyamory. They love what it sounds like that they can go out and have, you know, their <laughs> others. And then it comes down to, but wait, does that mean you're fucking all your exes? 
Because, you know, so, and we have that polyamory aside, it's the same for any relationship dynamic. There's this concept that for some reason, if an ex is in your life, you must be fucking them still, because why else would an ex still be in your life, right? Mm. But what, what's what's the issue with having an ex in the life? Do you see an issue with someone having an ex if they've been open and honest that they're that this is who they are from the beginning? Does a person, does the partner have a right to later get jealous and upset? I mean, to to say that they anyone has a right to A, B, and C is is a judgment call, and so many variables that fit in, that um, lead into that. But let me just answer your first question: Like, is it wrong to be friends with your ex? No, not at all. It's not wrong. It's not right. It's not wrong. But it's definitely not wrong. It's it's a choice that you make. I'm just going to come back to what I said earlier. What's the come from? So if your come from is oh, you know you hate letting people down and you're a people pleaser. Or you're insecure or you don't want people to think bad of you and you know that's sort of the driving force why you're friends with your ex or you know you're one of those people that are hopeful and maybe they'll change so let me just keep them close as friends and or, or maybe you just really struggle to let people go because you have a fear of loss maybe you lost a lot of people when you were younger maybe your mother your father um you know a cousin died your brother whatever it may be right and so you, you struggle to transition relationship fully then in that instance, you know, it's probably not healthy that you're friends with your ex. If being friends with your ex is still activating old patterns of behavior that are not healthy for you, that you want to let go of, but being in that environment activates them, you're probably not, you probably quote unquote shouldn't be friends with your ex. You know, there's not a blanket statement, never be friends with your ex. Some people are going to say, look, that time of my life is done. There was intense emotional intimacy and physical intimacy, and I cannot, for me, it's, I really struggle to be friends with my ex, so I won't do that. I personally don't have an issue being friends with my ex, and and I I, I think it's it's it can also be help, healthy, right? Like you spent so much, we forget that we love that person, we cared for that person, or we shared something deep and profound with that person multiple times during the course of our relationship. And sometimes, again, like if you struggle to let that go and move on and create new space in your life and you're occupying your space with what could be, then maybe you shouldn't be friends with your ex. So it's a personal choice. So if you're being upfront and you're being honest, that's really helpful and really healthy, right? And you're taking ownership of that. But it keeps me very, very single. (laughs) My level of open and honesty is just keeping me single. It's keeping me single. Well, I would, yeah, I I hear that. And I would say that, Maybe the caliber or the, in, the the openness of individual that you're attracting isn't able to meet your level of honesty, and I'm curious as to why you think that's occurring. Psychologically, I think uh, we exude what we can um, handle in our lives emotionally, psychologically. I think I give off also, separate from that, a very Mm. sexual uh, force of energy to men. A lot of men, because of my bluntness, my openness, um, they see that as a sexual desire. So I think the type of men that I'm attracting are the ones that are trying to, um, I don't want to say control me, but I want to say win me, if that makes sense. Um, and, and then I get them and, and this is where the trickster comes in. I flip them. And within three to four months, I, they are saying, I love you. And I'm saying, bye-bye. Yeah. 
it became a game. And I started getting, I realized through my self-awareness and reflection journey, I realized I was somehow getting turned on by this mind fuck. And once I got them, I was so turned off. They were just the ugliest, dumbest. They were the worst of everything. And I realized I am a very, very selfish individual. I'm very self-fulfilling and self-absorbed. So I stopped completely being in relationships and I started reading Mm -hmm. and reading because I'm a reader and I started reading and trying to understand more. And that's when I came across polyamory and I thought, wow, wow, what a great way for me to transfer the responsibility of what I'm supposed to give to a partner and say, just go fucking get it from someone else. Just go but get it's it from someone else. I don't want to give it to you yeah. right now. I can't emotionally give it to you. I can't psychologically. I'm, I'm all about me today, this week, this month. <laughs> go fuck off. So I'm a little bit <laughs> <Literally>. stuck there. <laughs> I'm like a cat, you know, a cat wants affection, they come up and then when they don't, yeah. they'll pull the claws out. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back... I think your mother lives a lot in your head and in your body. Yes. And you took a lot of what your mother did and how she did it and what she said and how she behaved and how she treated your father and how your father treated her. And you've locked that in your body and it's very difficult for you to not be in control. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So most people get into any relationship because they want to feel aliveness and intimacy and expansion and vulnerability and activation physically and emotionally, right? Whether you're in a non-monogamous or monogamous relationship, that's really one of the biggest reasons, some of the big reasons that we get into a relationship to explore the unknown within ourselves and within that person to create something, create something that is unique, a unique energetic and physical signature between us. It's interesting that you said you you give off this big sexual energy, yet for you, one of the reasons that you're in a polyamorous dynamic where you choose that is because you don't want to have sex often or you don't want to have sex. So can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I'm a walking oxymoron pretty much. If I could sort of just sum it up for you right there. I think there's a lot of insecurity involved. I'll be honest with you. There's a, absolutely. Absolutely. There is this dynamic of me wanting to be everything that I feel I can be, but this suppression that I have been conditioned to. And I'm so scared to tiptoe sometimes on the other side because God forbid I'm doing it wrong. And now I have shown the wrong type of vulnerability and I wouldn't know how to backtrack. So now I just have to get rid of the person. 
So it's just, I think, insecurity. That's great awareness. And I agree with you. And I think your mother lives a lot in your head and in your body. Yes. And you took a lot of what your mother did and how she did it and what she said and how she behaved and how she treated your father and how your father treated her. And you've locked that in your body and it's very difficult for you to not be in control. And being in control helps you feel safe, your nervous system and all parts of you. And it's very difficult to surrender and be in the mystery, which is a beautiful feminine exploration if you're not feeling safe and you need control. And we will find all the different ways that we can control. And so there's a parts of you that really want to explore deepened sexual intimacy and union, Correct. yet are terrified of that because of maybe what they'll ask of you in return. Not in return as an exchange, but what will happen as a result of that. And there's a deepening. And if there's a deepening, then there's a connection. There's a needing to be present. And that will take away from your quote-unquote selfishness or self-absorption. And there's so much magic in just that there, what you said, like that pattern of being selfish. Like where does that really come from? What have you witnessed and seen in your life? And what voices or belief systems are living in your being that have you needing to be selfish and push people away? And there's nothing wrong with having space in your own time. That's actually a really healthy thing. But in your words, you know, self-absorbed and selfish. So there's a lot here, Gigi, to unpack, like a lot. Yeah. And I think, yeah, parts of you, I love your fucking honesty, by the way. You are, you're a boss. Thank you. Yeah. First step yeah, it's is really knowing beautiful. what the fuck the problem is, right? It's the second step For I sure. have a hard time with doing something about it. <laughs> well, that's, that's where you need to be surrounded by safe people right? Whether they're intimate partners, friends, coaches, you know, people that you're working with to help you actually experience moving beyond the known into the unknown and then learning how to come back and regulate yourself and having real life experiences of, oh, I didn't die then. That didn't kill me. I didn't get hurt. Or maybe I can go a little further into the unknown. And this is, this, you, we, we're relational beings. We can't do it by ourselves. Yes. We're not meant to do it by ourselves. That's not, that's not what we're made. Like one of the reasons that we've evolved in the way that we have as a species and as a humanity in modernity is because of our complex social structures. It's not just our prefrontal cortex brain development or linguistics coming into play or the discovery of psychotropic substances that enhance our consciousness and, you know, the eating meat and all that and fire and all of that. That's all part of it. But our complex social structures and the way that we've evolved in relational union has elevated our ability to accelerate m modern technologies and adaptations and creativity in the external world. So we need each other. Right. You're sitting on a chair right now. You have a microphone. Like You have all these things. You're in relationship with all these things that make this experience possible Re in relationship. Yes. When I'm a relationship coach, I'm not just talking about sexual and intimate union. It's relationship to everything. So I would say you have a lot of awareness you, you hide and you also are amplified by your intellect, which is not a good or bad thing, just, just something that is, right? And you're safe in your intellect. But there are other components to your being, such as being in your body and having your nervous system move towards something that feels unknown and maybe a little unsafe, but in very methodical, stable ways. And that is the next step for you. 
And I, I believe, I believe, I mean, I could, could be wrong, but it's, it's what I believe. And also just hearing you speak and hearing what you also desire and, and being very aware of your traits, being aware of how you push people away. And, you know, the, the, I'm a living oxymoron. I'm, a, you know, I'm a, I'm right. a walking contradiction, right? Like most of us are, but you're very aware of that. And so that's going to be very confusing for people, but you also go to then attract a person that is meeting you in that confusion. So you're attracting unhealthy people, which is reinforce immature people that is reinforcing the belief of fuck, I don't need a man and I just should be better off by myself and I can't trust in relationship and I can't go deep with anyone. So fuck it, why not? I'll just do polyamory. Right. I mean, that's sort of that's that's exactly where I'm at right now. And it's just it's, it hasn't really changed anything because I know it's within me that needs to I need to change what's going on and I need to start seeing things through a different set of eyes. But I need to get the mm. tools first because I'm stuck. You know, like I said, I am yeah. so open and I always have been my whole life. I think all of us out there, we should always be open to growth. It's very imperative for us as as a, a world, as a whole entity, as the world mm. to evolve and grow and keep looking towards the positivity and happiness and love. And I mean, I would, I, I would love to love. I would love to love. I would love to experience a heartbreak. I want to feel that. I want to, when I see my friends hurt, crying because they just got their hearts broken, I want to touch that. I really want to know what that feels mm. like. I want to feel all of it. And I mean, mm. here I am. I'm talking to the best um, when it comes to this. So here's what I want to say, because I feel very selfish. I don't normally make, um, I, I just told the whole world I'm fucking selfish. So, okay, of course I feel selfish right now. I don't normally make a whole episode about myself. I usually try to just, you know, stick to a specific topic and just let people learn about what we're talking about. But I wanted to take advantage of speaking with you. And I feel like it's very relatable to many different relationship dynamics that are out mm. there that people are going mm. through. Um, you know, we, we experience things differently and we put different names to them, polyamory, straight, gay, you know, threes, you can name it whatever you want. But the ultimate thing mm. is I think everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to feel loved and appreciated. And I would love to, um, continue coursework with you. I mean, if that's an option, if I could sign up, um, go through your website, I know lots of people would want to do something like this. Is that where people would go to be able to sign up to get coaching? Yeah. 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 Firstly, yes. And I'll, and I'll, I'll explain a little more on that in a, in a moment, but let me just, can I ask you a question? Sure. Absolutely. If a man said to you when you were pushing him away, don't worry what the dynamic or the container is, monogamy, not monogamy, it doesn't matter, yeah. but you, you know, you're, you're pushing him away and he said, Hey, I'm not actually going anywhere. I'm not going to stalk you or anything like that, but I'm here with you. I see that some stuff's coming up. What do you need from me? Has a man ever asked you that or said that to you? No. Nobody in my life has ever asked me that except a therapist, which I pay to ask me those type yeah. of questions. So, um, again, I, I grew up in a family that um, if you talk about your emotions, you're considered emotional and yeah. it's it's why not That's logically wrong. everything will be fine you'll figure it out um so no i've never been asked by a partner man um so there's a little girl inside of you your little girl that mm -hmm. still thinks that if i 
am intellectual and I stay in the mind and I'm highly cognitive, that I will have mum and dad's love. And maybe they won't fight and maybe they'll love each other a little more. And these are the irrational, unconscious parts of us that require deeper healing and expansion in order to move beyond you know, the, the type of individuals that we're attracting, but also the life that we're living. And so the reason why I asked you that question is because I, I want to help you understand that there are men out there that aren't going to be insecure and desperate and needy and fucking seek control or whatever. And they're going to actually sit with you and be calm, slow down their voice and say, hey, I really care for you and I'm really boundaried. Like if you don't want me, I'm not going to choose you. And I'm not that gonna I'm not gonna give up that easy either because I see and not and I'm not trying to psychoanalyze you, but I just see that there's something else here. So if you want to do this thing with me and explore it, I'll go here with you. What do you need from me? How can I support you? And let me tell you what I would need from you. And if that's something that you can do, hey, you need some space, cool, take it. Let's reconvene in a week or a few days. If you continue this behavior, I can't be in. But if you wanted something different, then I'm happy to explore that with you. You're only going to attract men like that when you really go deeper within yourself and you surrender to, there's something on the other side of me being different to how I've been. I don't know what that is, but I'm willing to explore. Can I ask you a question on that? Um, Of course. Do you believe it's rubbish if I were to say in this city, it's impossible to find a man of quality in Los Angeles? It's not rubbish for you to say that. And that belief is dictating what you're seeing. And that's the beta Meinhof effect. You're familiar with that terminology? I, I am very familiar with that. I, yeah. I'm using 40, well, not 40, I'm 30 years experience of, you know, so it's- Yeah, that's why I said it's not rubbish, right? Because, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but also wherever you go, you take yourself with you and you take your patterns with you. So are there physical environments that are more conducive to the man that you would like to attract? Absolutely. Okay. Is Los Angeles a bit of a cesspool, in my opinion? Absolutely. I just wanted to hear you say that. I wanted to make sure I'm not losing my fucking mind because it's very hard to find quality in a city that's based off materialism. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. It's impossible. Yeah, well, it's not impossible. Well, it's okay, not impossible. Okay, you used to live here. <laughs> close enough. Yes, it's yeah. not impossible. Yeah, so it's and I know, I know many, I know many, I know. Some great men that live in Los Angeles as well that are doing their inner work too, right? But again, wherever you go, wherever we go, we take ourselves with us. And so, again, bring it back into you. You start venturing into these unknown spaces within yourself, I tell you, you're going to start seeing the world very differently. I promise you that. It's time to pull out some Windex and clear my vision a little bit over here. I'm going to wipe these little bad boys up. <laughs> Everything you're saying, I, I identify with it. I feel it within myself. Uh, there's a mm. reason that the insecurity is more mm. powerful still than everything that I'm understanding. Um, yeah, yeah, and even even the way you speak about the insecurity, right? There's a almost like a disassociation to it. Like there's there's almost there's an emotion that wants to come through you, that wants to break down and be even deeper vulnerable, but you you can't. Like you speak about the insecurity and you're very clear on it, yet your body shut down to it. 
And that's the part that's missing, right? And it's not, and this isn't a criticism at all. Please, please, hand on heart, I promise. No, no 100%. This is 100% factual. Yeah. And it, and it's, 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 I, I really would love that part or that part of you to come through and be felt and just fucking release and be open. And yeah. oh, man. And I would love that too. You know, Stephanus, this is so funny you say that to me because. Um, if you were to ask the people who know me, they think that I am the most open book. And as I manage to remain the most open book that no one knows anything about, because I can talk about myself in third party as if I'm mm. revealing things, yet I'm not revealing anything at all. Right. Yeah. So they said, oh, she, she knows she's vulnerable. That's great of her. She knows her issues. Oh, great. Wait, wait. That that's just the surface. Wait, wait, wait. Nobody has cared mm. to do that. So I appreciate you because you're allowing me and a lot of other men and women out there to believe that it's possible, that it could be possible to yeah. find a partner that can identify and understand uh, with themselves so deeply that they are not uh, misguided or, or challenged wrongly by the person in front of them, mm. you know? So um, I, I like that. Yeah. I like that too. And I, and I like that you're, uh, you know, you're aware of. Thank you. And thank you so much for being here. And please tell me where, yes. what can everyone do in, or if they would love some coaching, um, some, you know, work, do you want to do self-work? I, I know you do some, your website is amazing. And FYI, ecology, that is the coolest thing in the world. Hello. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, if you studied ecology. Sorry, off subject, but that was pretty cool. I yeah, love, yeah, I'm a little you. bit of what, I forgot the name of this and I was trying to remember it the last time I was recording the podcast. What is the name of someone who's uh, sexually aroused by someone's uh, brain? Sapiosexual. Yes, that's what I am. I'm very yeah. like that, sapiosexual. Yeah, I'm also um, not. I'm not just a sapiosexual. Some people are just it's physicality zero. I'm sort of all of it for me personally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can you can find me like so. In reference to this conversation, I have an inner child course, level one, level two highly accessible on my website, stefanosafandos.com. You'll find all my courses and programs and service offerings there, but in a child level one and level two, and there's a relationship course on there, intensive, beautiful, heart opening courses to help you understand yourself, learn at your own pace. We also teach in a child live, by the way, the next live one will be in 2023 at some point. Oh, wow. Um, great. I, I, yeah. I do like, so if you want to coach with me in a one-on-one -on -one capacity, you can access that through my website. Otherwise work, uh, uh sorry, coachwithsteph.com, S-T-E-F, coachwithsteph.com. Um, and you can access one-on-one -on -one coaching and something that I do for women, uh, I have a number of different programs for women, Be the Queen is one of them, but Breathwork for the Feminine every month here in Austin, and I will be traveling with this as well in 2023, but every month here in Austin, I uh, just did our first one, I did my first one a couple of days ago, there were 80 women there and it was beautiful and it's a three-hour immersive experience. We go deep into uh, relationship coaching, dating dynamics, masculine, feminine, breath work, somatically releasing next month's theme. It, it's November, not October, only because I'm away, is trust. Um, we're already se selling a lot of tickets for that in person, but I also live stream it. So it doesn't okay. matter where you are in the world, you can you can access that. And that's um, uh, stefanosafandos.com slash feminine and all the details are there and you can get your tickets there as well.
I love that. I, and it's, it's amazing what you do. Thank you for being open with yourself so much and so self-aware that you're able to be this confident being that has been able to just help so many people understand themselves because it really truly comes down to just first understanding who we are and our value and our worth because we're here for such a short period of time and you know we were just saying everyone yeah. wants to be loved and everyone wants to love so i i thank you so much i have a lot of things i would love to reflect on from this conversation and I would definitely love to do some coursework. I mean, November is my birthday month, so I would probably love to treat myself with, you know, your course. So thank you so much again for being here, Stephanos. Thank you. I appreciate you very much as well. Thanks for listening to Genuinely Gigi. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe. And be sure to leave us a rating and review. And while you're at it, check out some of the other great shows available on Straw Hut Media. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.